only welcome to the best of prequel sequel remake season one some movies shouldn't exist let's pretend they do i'm peter hunter i'm desmond port and i'm scott hitchu and welcome to a very special episode of the best of episode best of the best of prequel sequel remake so far so far yes so far we're calling season one and this is going to come out <laughs> some part into season two, but you know yeah. that's that's okay. You know yeah, exactly. We just wanted to use this as sort of a moment to look back on you know some of the stories that we wrote and they're funny to us that we think are funny, and we want you to also you know look back on and enjoy and 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 you know we so we've selected uh, one each of our prequel, sequel, and remake to sort of take a look back on and and reflect on on. Just the good times. Maybe just, you know, get you on board with something you may have missed. You never know. Yeah. The day is long and hard, and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it's very easy just uh, for things to go unnoticed. So, uh, you know, let's start <laughs> with the prequel. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, let's start, actually. We've got some we've got some viewer mailbag. Mail oh, yeah. Yeah, for the first time ever. Um, so, um, for those of us who are following us on Anchor, um, for those of us, for those of you who are following us on Anchor, um, there's a feature with the Anchor app where you can send a voice message directly to your podcasts that you like, um, and they might play it on their podcasts. Well, we're going to do that right now. <sighs> um, Neato. So, this is our very first viewer mail ever. Thank you very much to Ryan Cooper. Um, and uh, I'm going to hit play now and hope. Doesn't I... seem like a real name, it seems good... like a fake name someone used online. Scott's not belligerent right now. It's a bit. I swear, it's a bit. Scott, what do you, what do you know, Peter? Scott, confirm it's a bit, please. It's oh first, yeah, it's a bit, all right. It's our first viewer mail, Scott. It's a drill bit. I just want it's gonna go right into your I leg just, if you don't do exactly what I said. What the government said. Yeah, what the government says, oh Peter. So, yeah, not so funny now, is it? So, Ryan Cooper, viewer mail, play. Well, thank you so much for the message, and thanks for sending it from the eye of the hurricane. <laughs> uh, but what are our thoughts? Where does this uh, Back to the Future saga sort of lead? I mean, you know, that's not a movie that we're really going to cover outside of this question, so it does make it a good question because you know it already has so many sequels. sequels. Yeah, it's yeah. A very. But yeah. uh, but it's a good it's a good topic to to tread on. I, yeah, P- thank you, Ryan. Desmond. You're you're like a buff on on those I'm, series. So. I love Back to the Future. Where, where, where have you always think about it going um it's one of my favorite things just don't touch it it hasn't been messed with yet I, i'm pretty sure there's like a clause in zemeckis's contract where that can't be touched until he's really? dead yeah wow. no i mean come on they would have done something oh with they would have. Mm. and he says so there is no interest in the fourth um you know that you know probably won't be that long yeah i mean yeah. Not, not wishing any yeah uh uh, uh, uh ill I don't want anything bad to happen to Zemeckis, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, um, um, that being said, if it did, um, I would much rather it be a fourth movie rather than a reboot. I think a reboot set in like you know modern times, and and, and, and Marty's got to go back to like the eighties, yeah, which is what they would fun. do. I don't, I don't really I don't want know. that. I would it, want it if, if, if 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 what if Lord, what if Lord and Miller did it? No, that's not. What if just Lord did it? Just Lord? No, I need both. You don't have peanut butter without jelly, and you don't have jelly especially without peanut butter. You need both. Fair enough. It's just, um, there was a time, there's a sweet spot in my life where I was just like, yeah, I want to see the remake of that. And we've, I've gone past that. Like, I was just like, just let it be. It's not going to be the same awesome thing. Yeah, it would be like if they just kept remaking Star Wars movies every single year, you know? It's I mean, just like... Bum, 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 bum. Okay. <laughs> 
Avengers are not remakes of the same movie. They have not remade a new. Oh, God damn it. Oh, no, okay. He, that's true. Yeah, his I life, guess they've, his, But haven't they, though? They, they have. But that's not the same they. thing. That's, that's not like, oh, we're recasting Luke Skywalker and, and here's uh, the exact events of New Hope again. I don't want. I, I want a continuation of Back to the Future. But, you know, age and. And and Mike Michael J. Fox's health, you know, is is in the great shape from becoming back to be skateboarding Marty McFly. Yeah. Um, at all. That would be a uh, um, taste. And it'd be just kind that of sad if they tried to get him to do it. Taste. Yeah. It, it'd be in horrible taste, and and it would be kind of like sad and like you know he's he seems to be a cool guy and he humbled out you know yeah. uh, 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 with all that and and I I just don't need to see elderly. Doc Brown, even more elderly Doc Brown, to be and, fair. And, and sick Marty McFly back on an adventure. So it's just like, who's who are you gonna cast as Doc Brown? Uh, who are you gonna cast as is Marty McFly to well, go back and re recapture that magic? What the fuck is the car gonna be? This Dwayne oh, the Rock Johnson. The Ro fuck off. Actually, which I'm surprised know. at this. Now that I'm talking about, that did not make a single appearance during our The Rock episode. Oh, um, that's weird. I just, oh, yeah. I just realized. Oh that. yeah, wow. So long ago from when we recorded <laughs> that episode, it's been so long. It feels like ages. Ages. Um, I mean, for me, I think if you made a sequel, like they actually made a cartoon series, which yeah. is sort of like a sequel series. You mean um, Rick and Morty? Well, no, I I'm talking about an officially licensed one. I but think Rick and Morty's well, in the spirit. ruined that concept, and it can't be taken seriously. In Rick and Morty's defense, not that they need defense because they're big enough, doesn't matter. But no. they don't do time travel, they do dimensional shift, which is yeah. kind of like, if you're going to have a line in the sand, but that's basically it. Everything else is like, okay, uh, how much can we, you know... Uh, but it's, yeah, good, great show. But you know, yeah. if they did make the fourth one, it would be that, like, oh, fourth movie set 30 years later. It'd be just like Force Awakens. It like, would oh, be Force Awakens. Oh, oh uh, Doc Brown has gone missing, and, and the new young plucky heroes must reunite with Marty McFly to yeah. re reassemble Mr. Fusion and go back and Doc's. Uh, it's all true. And he's like, all of it. Doc's been held captive by the Huns, and uh, they got to go back. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. And I mean, then I would like to see like a cross section with uh, a Bill and Ted, you know. So then you get, but you get Keanu Reeves now, and you get some sweet John Wick action going in there. Call it John Wick Three: Back to the Future Four. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I'm thinking he's Back to the Future. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's thinking I'm back. Gonna shoot you. Nice, Peter. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean. Uh, to answer your question, what what do I think? Uh, I just don't think you should mess with it. It's awesome, you know. You do love it. Yeah, you know, it's 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 one of the greats. That's like my trilogy, uh, especially because it's like it hasn't been touched. And I um, love that. It's always gonna be this. It's always just the same thing. Um, also, I don't know what you really mean by um, loose ends. I think it was pretty pretty much definitely tied up. The DeLorean gets hit by a fucking train. But then they take the. But then the train becomes the DeLorean. Yeah, but they fly. I mean, that's they fly off. And yeah, but I, I guess that is a loose end. Yeah, You're right. You're I, right. Like, there's ways you could go with the Doc Brown family and stuff like. It it's a be, great it, moment. It's it like be, it is a great moment when it all like all comes together and like we make our own future now. Yeah, I love like, that. Yeah, moment. no, it's uh, called Westworld. Fucking seventy-year-old Doc Brown with a bunch of kids. Yeah. Ooh. No one needs your fucking aged sperm, man. All right. Let's see. Yeah. Let's. And on that note, um, thank you so much for the question, um, Ryan. We're gonna move on to another viewer uh, piece of viewer voicemail. It's actually uh, their interpretation of a prequel, sequel, remake theme song, which we definitely have a final one by the time Probably, this episode yeah. comes out. Oh. This is from user Inspirado Projecto on Anchor. Um, let's play a little bit of this. It's a prequel, sequel, remake, a prequel, sequel, remake, a prequel, sequel, remake, a prequel, sequel, remake, on... All 
right, hey, well, that was that's in the can right there. I mean, yeah, you don't yeah. need to do a thing more to Let's that. Let's be clear, you're forbidden from using that in anything. Yeah, that is uh, <laughs> our name of the podcast, and uh, you don't want legal uh, troubles from our legal d- team. Yes, um, uh, my cat Calvin you, in a bow tie. You 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 cut that out now, or that, there's going to be claws. He will sit. He will sleep. He will adjust himself slightly. He will continue to sleep. He will adjust himself a second time. He will sleep more. He's going to be on top of this. You be ready for that. Yeah, you think we're a bunch of laid-back dudes in the podcast. No, we're in the, the cutthroat world of podcasts. Highly, <laughs> Very cutthroat. Highly legal affair. Yeah, oh, that's ours. My, my first language is legalese. My middle name is legal. My last name is lawyer. <laughs> Scott Legal Lawyer. All right, That's my best bus bench ad. I'm going to get you off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> On second thought, that might not have been the right phrase to go with, given the districts that I was uh, promoting my business in. But, you know, oh. uh, whatever works, right? Hey, uh, thank you so much for sending that song. Yeah, thank you. Uh, the, uh, at times uh, it was like, is he? How is he doing those both sounds at once? Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. If you could do those both yeah. all at the same time, that's a that's magic. It is magic. That's and amazing. music is magic. And he got the name of the show right. Yeah. Oh, he did. <laughs> Much applause for that. Kudos. Uh, the yeah. original. Yeah. So. Hey, we're gonna send you out a bag of um, uh, mac and cheese. It's already been made. Um, but it's gonna be in like a plastic bag. It might be good by the time it gets to you. You know, I'll uh, I'll put one of those little hand warmers in there with it. I'll just crack it right before uh, taping it be and all throwing it in there. Chemically and good. Uh, <laughs> oh man, this that'll is... keep it like most, if not all, of the cheese from totally going. That's bad. how they do it in the fucking buffet. Let's hope you're not. You don't live too far away. <laughs> Fine. Where do you live? Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, drop us a line on Anchor and, and, and leave us your full name, address, oh and social security number. Oh, jeez. Um, just for, you know, our purposes. Data mining. Collection. Speaking of purposes, I want to talk about our sponsor, Olive Garden. Oh, man, I wish we were Olive Garden. Olive Garden Bar and Grill. Bar Grill. <laughs> uh, why can't we just say we're sponsored by Olive Garden? What's the repercussions of that? Well, you they know, you know, they would think it's a conflict of interest because let's be real. I mean, Olive Garden has got great food. Um, and I know. when you're there, you're family. I, you know? yeah. And so the portions where are I take just, my family. Yeah. You know, so I'm generous. Carb up. Yeah. Know? I got banned from an Olive Garden once. Really? Yeah. True story. True story. True story. Yeah. Tell us what happened. No. The details. No, I'm not going to do that. You know, I got kicked out of a Hallmark store once <laughs> and I never went back. Come. <laughs> but I wasn't doing nothing. <laughs> and on that note, let's um, thank you so much for the viewer mail. Um, if you would like to be featured on a future episode, just drop us a line on Anchor using the Anchor app. Um, but now let's get into the meat of this best of episode, which has spent a lot of time discussing mac and cheese. Frankly, um, throw a little, throw some sausages in there. All right, we're going to lead with our... Oh, and do we sausage up in the mac and cheese? Oh, yeah, yeah, that would be really tasty. Yeah. Chicken oh, apple? Hey, what, I don't know about the apple. Hey, whatever happens... Chicken. <laughs> whatever happens after this, let's just go get some mac and cheese. Fuck yeah. All right. Um, so, we're going to start with one of our favorite prequels um, from this season one of Prequel Sequel Remake, um, and that would be Volcano Origins by Desmond Ports. Um, Desmond, oh, thank you. do you have anything you want to say to reflect upon your prequel all this uh, time later? You know, uh, now thinking about it, I remember uh, when we recorded that, uh, you guys don't care if I share it behind the scenes. Oh, no, no, we recorded. What this is for. We recorded that, and I want to say Space Jam in the same day. Um. Yes. And part I, of, part of and I wrote those both at the same time, and I was super bummed out about fucking volcano. <laughs> uh, um, I was just like, "This sucks. This is so stupid. This is just like unpro- unprofessional." Not that I am professional, but <laughs> this is super unprofessional. It's just me making a mockery out of it. And I think. I think actually that kind of like got me the seeing the reaction of my two friends here um, to that. Got me a lot more comfortable with the podcast as a whole, and taught me not to take it seriously at all. <laughs> this shit's fucking stupid, uh, uh, um, and that was a, a, a big moment for me realizing what I could do with this format. And mm-hmm. I like that; it's really silly and dumb. And I, I still think uh, the image of a, uh, a volcano meandering through life um, 
He's funny. Yeah, yeah. since then, it seems like, uh, you know, you're... Your movie has caused quite a bit of inspiration for Mother Earth. Yes. Uh, oh, jeez. Yeah, Hawaii, oh, Guatemala. Oh, man. A lot of uh, volcanoes. Turns out, uh, you know, I remember at the time we were talking about volcanoes. It was like, oh, yeah, it's all lava, it's all slow and whatever. It's like, yeah, no, uh, it's explosive and dangerous. Yeah. Volcanoes we're, are serious yeah. business. Dude, we're just talking about, like, volcanoes are stupid. Just run away. Who dies from a volcano? Yeah. Oh, when I was a kid, I thought volcanoes would be a big problem. It's like, who, uh, who dies yeah. from volcanoes? Yeah, that did not yeah, age well. Turns out, Mother uh, people die yeah. from volcanoes. Does not yeah. age well. Lava Very is super scary. Very quick. Pyroclastic flow. flow. Yeah. They ain't, they ain't all fun games in the fucking Crocodile Dundee jumping into the active fucking <laughs> volcano mouth. And with that, good day, mate. Here's that scene. Volcano. Origins. Nice. <laughs> Tagline. Every rupture in the crust of a planetary mass has a story. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Director, Richard Linklater. Wait. Wait, 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 wait. Why Richard Linklater? Oh, you'll see. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Our movie starts on a gloomy day in Ohio on July 5th. 1968. After a painful night in labor, Martha Shriver, played by Catherine Keener, gives birth to an active volcano. <laughs> played by Finn Wolfhard. Oh, well. <laughs> we love my Stranger Things kids. Shout out. Come All be right. guests. Okay, okay. After much confusion and general panic, her and her husband, Tom, Chris Catan, <laughs> decide to give up the young volcano for adoption. We fast forward eight years. To Volcano in his adolescence. None of, none of the kids in the neighborhood want to play with him. They tease and taunt him, referring to him as Hothead. He's not allowed over for his classmate Jonathan's birthday party due to his mom's bigoted stance on not allowing volcanoes and other land masses in the house. The only person to show him the least bit of kindness is the girl next door, Charlene. She says that the only thing that matters is what's inside. Unfortunately for Charlene, the inside of Volcano is molten lava. <laughs> volcano sneezes one day during a play date and accidentally incinerates her pet iguana, further isolating himself from his peers. Volcano's adoptive father, played by Kevin Costner, assures Volcano that no matter what, he is his son. And he loves him. And that everyone was put on this earth for a reason. The two play catch out in the cornfield, and Volcano burns down the entire crop, along with Pa Kano's family farm. Pa Kano is dad, because that makes sense. Right, yeah, we yeah. then jet ahead another eight <laughs> years to Volcano at his, as a 16-year-old, now played by Daniel Day-Lewis. Volcano is going out for the school football team against Pa Kano's wishes. Coach Shovelson, played by Michael Keaton, sees raw talent in Volcano, unlike anything he's seen before. <laughs> He hopes to recruit Volcano for his team in hopes that a tragic magma-related incident may befall the other rival schools. <laughs> Volcano is asked to the tropical-themed homecoming dance by It Girl Chloe, played by Anna Kendrick. Because she would do this. <laughs> Chloe, in fact, is just trying to make her ex-boyfriend jealous, unbeknownst to Volcano. Volcano wins the big game and is finally accepted by his peers. After a night of drinking with his teammates, they all go to up to the bridge by the reservoir and drunkenly handstand on the bridge's railing. Polly slips and falls and is killed instantly on impact. In distress, Volcano goes to Chloe's house where he cries as she comforts him. At that moment, she sees him in a different light and the two make love. <laughs> that sounds hot. Ooh, that's hot. <sighs> Bernie hot. Volcano and Chloe show up to the homecoming dance where the two are greeted by Chloe's friends. They reveal in front of Volcano that Chloe was only using him to make her ex jealous and that he's just a freak and no one likes him. Aww. Volcano reaches a boiling point yeah. and begins to break. <laughs> At that moment, a giant volcano cake in theme with the tropical dance is wheeled out. Oh, no. Volcano sees this as people mocking him <laughs> and grows even more upset. <laughs> They're all gonna laugh at you. They're all gonna laugh at you. Then the homecoming king and queen are announced. Volcano and Chloe being the winners. While accepting his award, lamb's blood is dumped all over Volcano, driving him to the point of eruption. He spews magma all throughout the school gym. The entire dance set ablaze. Volcano spares no one. John Travolta almost gets away, but Volcano strangles him from the backseat of his car. Wait. 
Volcano, go <laughs> Volcano goes home and begins to pack his bags. Pacano, having heard about the chaos of the homecoming dance, tells his son he must run, that no one will understand. The two embrace. Volcano looks at a small frame picture of himself and Pa, playing catch all those years before. He sheds a tear and begins to walk out the door. Where will you go, son? Pa asks. Los Angeles, Dad. The coast is toast. The end. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, right? That's the classic uh, volcano origin story of Desmond Ports. And what, another round. Yeah, another Thank yeah, you. Yeah, seriously. Uh, it yeah. well deserved. Thank you for yeah, Definitely love how that one is. It's got a. It does things that can only be done in like an audio play yes, thing, and yeah. I and I think you know we should all take that take that to heart, you know, even more, you know, rigorously as we as we move forward, because that I mean that's just like the, a great joke in and of itself. Thank, thank you for supporting the silliness, and uh, you know, uh, above all, that taught me that what this podcast is really about is trying to make my couple of buddies laugh. Oh, it's pretty much. Uh, Oh, what y'all are listening to, which is great, you're enjoying it. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I just I'll always I'll always remember him just ruining that little girl's birthday party with his, yeah. his yeah. active magma. Yeah, she says what matters is what's on the inside. Unfortunately for him, oh, he's full of he's full of <laughs> molten lava. Oh man, uh, or magma. I don't know which one's out, which one's in. It's you know they know what we're talking about. Unless there's like a volcanologist, a volcanologist, excuse me, um, that's one of our listeners. In which case. There's a message. Is that on. what they're called? I think they're called vulcanologists. Yeah, I could be completely wrong. Because I know you know seismologists. Anyway. Yeah, but matter. those are different things. Um, different so, thing. so Scott, what do we have lined up for the sequel? Now that we have listened to our best of prequel. Well, the sequel is going to be actually yours, Peter. Oh. Um. Yeah. Oh. Uh, surprised. Um. <laughs> uh, I'm acting that way, certainly. Changing gears and, a little bit. And 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 uh. uh in reference to our Ferris Bueller's Day Off episode uh, that we did oh so long ago, mm -hmm. uh, but still remains just a not only a classic movie, but a classic episode of ours, if I do say so myself. Mm -hmm. Definitely one of our most popular at the time of recording. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, the, the, you know, switching gears, this is an example of Pierre taking the subject matter more seriously and actually making a real sequel that isn't a farce. Up until... <laughs> up until a point. Up until <laughs> K-Pax. <laughs> whose, whose produce alone it was worth, worth the, the trip. And the juxtaposition of that is just like, it's like I, uh, that hit me out of left field. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> this is a fucking fight club thing until it's fucking, you know, oh, produce man. alone. Is, well, uh, yeah. without further ado, let's take a listen. Cameron, colon, fry away home. <laughs> Tagline, when you twist and shout into the abyss, the abyss twists and shouts into you. I like it. Director Michel Gondry, uh, we're going to get some being John Malkovich vibes. Hey, you'll see. <clears throat> Hold on, let me take a deep sip right here. It wasn't an audible deep, sip. As a deep blue sip. Deep blue sip. <laughs> It's like my syrup yeah. movie is called Deep Blue Sip. Yeah. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Alright. All of a sudden robot Carter Blake. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, on that deep blue palate cleanser. <clears throat> Chicago, nineteen ninety seven, Lakeshore Hospital. Cameron Fry, Alan Ruck, reprising his role from the original, is seated in a wheelchair. A model of the Sears Towers clutched in his hands. Dr. Mathers, Jordan Peele, seated across from him, holds up yet another ink blot. Cameron shakes his head. The doctor sighs and pulls up another one. He shakes his head again. You're still seeing him, aren't you? Cameron clutches the Sears Tower model closer to him. He hums twist and shout under his breath. Mr. Fry, we've been over this dozens of times. There is no Ferris Bueller. <gasps> Back in his room, Cameron splashes some water on his face. As he looks up at the mirror, Ferris Bueller, now played by that one asshole from Stranger Things, you know the guy I'm talking about. The and cop? No, not that one. What other guy? Steve. Oh, cool guy. Oh, yeah. he's Ferris? Yeah, he's Ferris. Do you know how close he was to being my Ferris? 
Very? Very, yeah. <laughs> okay, like, well, that's not that surprising. I'm me. sorry. But <laughs> no, no, if no. You don't know, now yeah, you, you know. know. And knowing is part of the battle. All right. Half the battle. I mean, I disagree with it being half the battle. It's a part of the battle. It's a part of the battle. It's a part half of the battle. Half is also a part. Yeah, What's but the other half? It's killing 50%. those motherfucking I mean, commie b- <laughs> Do it, kids. Do it. Do it. Um, as he looks For up the, the planet. <laughs> Sorry, Peter. As he looks up at the mirror, Ferris Bueller appears in the reflection. He hasn't aged a day. But his choice in leopard print cashmere vests, however, has aged very poorly. <laughs> Cam, where you been? I've been calling you for 20 minutes. Cameron searches for the pad to call the nurse, but can't seem to find it. Cam? He struggles, but can't track it down. Okay, Cam, you can either answer me, or you can find yourself a new best friend. Cameron punches the wall in front of him and screams empathetically. You're not here! Well, Cam, you know what I always say, life comes at you pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you might miss it. Cameron grabs a nearby bedpan and chucks it at Ferris, who catches it, and immediately starts to play air guitar with it. All right, Cam, I'm going to leave for now, but I'll need you for that big thing I told you about. Can't afford to miss any more school, so I gotta make this one count. Ferris drops the bedpan and exits out the door. Cameron tries the lock, but he can't open it. The next day, Cameron confronts Dr. Mathers about his encounter. Mr. Fry, do you remember how many times you've asked me this? Cameron furrows his brow and shakes his head. Mathers sighs and pulls a small audio recorder and an already poured snifter of brandy out of a nearby desk drawer. He hits play. Case 57. No, Doc, you don't understand. Mr. Fra, you had less than six hours. I know, but you sat through an entire Cubs game. It, w- it was a pitcher's duel sat down for lunch at a five-star restaurant. The, ser- the service was fantastic. Went to the top of the Sears Tower. Public transit was in. Saw the entire Museum of Art all in parade traffic. We know. We know how to get around the city. You swear... You took a cab. Ferris is my... Ferris is not real. He's my best friend. (laughs) Someone on the tape starts crying. (laughs) Mathers hit stop. That was six months ago. I stopped recording the instance after then. The doctor took a long sip of brandy. The sooner you purge any inklings of Mr. Bueller from your system, the sooner you'll be out of here. Cameron ducks out to the courtyard to smoke a cigarette and collect his thoughts. Was he really imagining all of this? Hey, Cam! Ferris pops up from behind a topiary with a Dr. Seuss hat and a giant cotton candy. Cameron rubs his temples furiously. What's up here, bud? Ferris asked with pink candy streaming out of his mouth. Cameron takes a long drag on his smoke. Ferris, how did we make it around the whole city? <laughs> I just knew it better than anyone. There, there was parade traffic. Public transportation in Chi-Town can't be beat. Go Cubs! We, we took cabs. Cameron stabbed his cigarette onto the bench. Now tell me the goddamn truth or get the hell out of my face. Ferris tosses off his hat and throws away his cotton candy. He has a new, sullen demeanor. Ferris tells Cameron that his real name is Prout, and that he's not really human. He's actually an extraterrestrial from a planet 1,000 light years away, in the Lyra constellation called K-Pax. He's able to move across space and time effortlessly using what he he calls light travel, and that is how they were able to see the entirety of Chicago in less than six hours one day in high school. Why do you think I always say life comes at you fast? (laughs) <laughs> okay. He goes on to say <laughs> Your produce alone is worth the trip. <laughs> I hate K Pax, it's a terrible movie. That's like um, the one line. Uh, <laughs> damn you for like taking him because I can't quote anything else. Eating that banana yeah. with that peel on. Just the, 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 the poster for it where he's just looking up 
Oh, the like, it's just, it just Kevin Spacey with sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, like on. Jeff Bridges is all mad. The laziest him. alien movie I've ever seen. Okay, okay. Not oh, okay. a spurt. Uh, yeah, I'm, no, I'm, lo- I'm gonna lose the thought. If we don't all right, yeah. Okay. Mm. Why do you think I always say life comes at you fast? He goes on to say that his time on Earth is running out. He's going back to K-Pax tomorrow morning, and he wants to take Cameron with him. Cameron shakes it off and calls for a nurse, but by the time he turns around, Ferris has disappeared. Inside the hospital, Cameron paces around nervously near a payphone in the break room. After pausing a beat, he picks up the receiver and hastily dials a number. A soft voice is on the other end. Hello? Cameron can't quite stomach the words. Hello? Sloan, it's... it's Cam. It's Sloan Peterson. Reprised by Mia Sarah. I, I told you not to call here. This will be the last time, I promise. Cameron, I, I, I just need to hear it one last time. Sloan exhales deeply. Cameron, there is no Ferris Bueller. The Buellers have a daughter. One daughter. She got busted selling cocaine to Charlie Sheen like six years ago. But Sloan, I remember. Cameron, I've shown you the video. You walked into your dad's garage in a fugue state and backed the Lambo out the window. You were in the hospital for months. I cried every night. Cameron started to remember. He rubbed the base of his neck and felt a scar where they had performed the quadruple spinal fusion surgery. He also recalled that video winning the grand prize of America's Funniest Home Videos, which was good because his family had no other way to afford the extensive surgery. Sloan, I just want to tell you, I'll, I'll be okay. I'll be home soon. The kids miss you. Tell them I miss them too. Daddy just has a little more business to take care of. Cameron slams the phone and bursts into Mather's office. Tell me what I need to do. It's just past daybreak. The sink is running in Cameron's room, almost overflowing. There's a stylized knock at the door. Cameron gets up and opens it. Ferris is dressed in a velour jogging suit with six belts. <laughs> hey, daddy you ready to go to K-Pax? Sure, man, just let me get my things together. <laughs> well, hurry up, man. We've got a train of leg to ride. Cameron strikes Ferris across the face. He hits the ground like a ton of bricks. Cameron drops the now-broken model of the Sears Tower and grabs Ferris by the shoulders. He dunks his head into the sink. He struggles and tries to fight out of it. (laughs) Cameron, what the hell are you doing? Cameron strikes him in the back of the head and he dips him under the water again. Ferris's head bursts up almost instantly. His face, while no longer of humanoid shape, remained of human proportion. Viscous ocular sacks of cud-like swill swayed lowly against his carapace. In the spot where his mouth once did reside stood glistening tendrils and mandibles of uncertain appendage. The being whom Cameron could now only infer was known as Prout opened its swilled, gaping maw and bellowed a lugubrious, anguished cry. Cameron Fry! The sonorous utterance shook the hospital floor. Twist and shout starts blaring from the hospital speaker system. Tears roll down Cameron's face. My manifestation on your planet's extension, the unspeakable ones, they have sent me with greater freedom to rise to nobler desires and curiosities. Your ill fate has wrought curiosity's end. Past, present, and future are all one within brute. Prout knows of where the unspeakable beams of light broke through the veil, and where they shall pierce it again. Prout knows where they trod, and they still trod on those odious fields of your planet, but none before Prout shall behold them as they trod. (laughs) (laughs) We're almost done. This is great. Prout alone. (laughs) Wait! K-Pax does not have a prequel. Oh, God. No. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll get into K-Pax. <laughs> Cowering before the ancient manifestation, Cameron clutches what remains of the Sears Tower model in his fist. He pulls it to his mouth and starts to slowly coo along to the recording of Twist and Shout. The whispered song eases Prude, whom returns to his form as that of Ferris Bueller. He leans in close to his old friend, and he goes to embrace him, a comfort of old. Cameron doesn't hesitate. He strikes Ferris in the skull. The native Chicagan slash timeless alien manifestation tumbles to the floor. 
Cameron continues to strike, over and over, until the cartilage and bone of his face are nothing more than a hulking wet mound. Life moves at you pretty fast, Ferris. The next morning, Cameron is dressed in a paisley suit. The nurse at the front desk says it'll be another moment. A clerk will be right along with his final discharge papers. Cameron takes off his glasses and wipes them with the bottom of his shirt. A file clerk lays a stack of papers in front of him. Hello, Mr. Fry. We'll need your signature and initial at the bottom of each of these forms. Cameron looks at the young man and puts his glasses back on. He chokes on his own breath. <laughs> what? Cameron asks through your stutter. Uh, oh, excuse me, Mr. Fry? What's your name? My name, sir? Oh, it's Abe Froman. Abe Froman. Yes, sir. The Sausage King of Chicago. <laughs> That's my father. I guess you could say I'm the Sausage Prince. <laughs> of course. Cameron signs the papers and walks away, accepting that he'll probably be okay after all. As he exits the clinic, a nurse comes to collect the papers. No one is seated at the front desk. Donkashane plays softly in the background. Roll credits. <laughs> well, there you go. That was uh, Ferris Bueller 2, Cameron Fry Away Home. I mean, where else are you going uh, to have Ferris Bueller air guitar in a bedpan? <laughs> I, uh, uh, I just want to express my deepest condolences to uh, the families of Prout, um, who were actually eagerly, eagerly awaiting his turn before, before he was mercilessly slain um, by yeah. the hands of a uh, mentally ill man on Earth. Uh, yeah. It's a tragedy. He he will be missed. You know, he was he was really only trying to show his friend a good time around the city, yeah. and that's the fucking thanks that you get. Yeah, you he know? was trying to take him on a light train, you know, to K-Pax, you know, a, a planet in the Lyra system, and you know, you, you know, yeah, I, I think you could interpret it as that. You know, he's an ageless being, so maybe it's just this incarnation of Prut that's dead, and maybe Prut will return. Prut. Yeah, like James Bond. Yeah, yeah exactly. He's going to come back <laughs> <laughs> again and again until the franchise doesn't make as much money, and then we'll wait another couple years, and we'll do it again. Or until oh, Bonds are borderline suicidal by the end of their like stay in the role. Like fucking Daniel, Daniel Craig, <laughs> I'd rather slit my wrist than do another Bond film again. <laughs> oh you just, just like, watch his face in this movie. He's just like... Phoning it in like it's yeah. so painfully obvious. Oh man, the new bottom the first one. Well, the, yeah, I well, yeah. he you know, probably really enjoyed the first yeah. one, you know. I mean, but just like as it goes on, and 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 you know, he probably gets the script. And it's like really, I'm going rogue again. There's another movie about Bond going rogue. <laughs> it's kind of your job, but, you know. Bond yeah, never went it. rogue in the old one. It's true. He like like he was always like 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 just, now it's always just like Bond, you're you're unruly, and we can't trust. That's the way. But there's always been like a yeah. it's always been like a throw the book. At you kind of you know an undertone yeah, some of them you know cue like Quantum of Souls like MI6 is like hunting him down like like see the thing about that organization is that like they're only allowed to have 26 top members of the organization you know like M and Q and you know what I mean like you you're that's that's you're limiting yourself you know what about the other six or perhaps even more double O agents come on I think we see, come on I think John Cleese plays R. They can't all be oh, 007. Yeah. John, John are, and then in 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 Inspector, the guy from Sherlock. He's um he's C. Cumberbatch? You know what we really need? No, not Cumberbatch. It's um it's Moriarty. Fart? No, God. I yeah, he's C. And like Bond's yeah. like, what's that stand for? And up to your imagination. Yeah, right. Cumberbatch maybe. Yeah. Well, speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch, um, let's move on to our remake of this. Um, I don't know what Benedict Cumberbatch had to do with it, but... Nothing at all. Yeah. Well, Desmond... 0%. Desmond, why don't you tell us a little bit about our remake? Yeah, that would be, um... Uh, that would be the Spice Girls re... Remake? Yes, yeah, the it is Spice remake. World remake. Spice, Spice World remake uh, by Scott Hanchu, oh. and, and it's going to be a spooky old time with Mystery Inc. Yeah, well, I want you to tell us a little bit about this. Scott. Yeah, well, uh... So this was, a uh, This was a Spice... Spice Girls, Spice World remake um, that I wanted to write that uh, I wanted to make like a Scooby-Doo episode. That's it. <laughs> All right, well. Um, you know, I had a lot of fun with it, and uh, it's it's called uh, 
Spice Girls and the Haunted Spice Factory or Spice World and Spice World and the Haunted Spice World and the Haunted Spice Factory. Um, I like that we can't remember the name of any of these. <laughs> yeah, we did a real good job prepping we, this. We one. like no, no, literally no. talked about this like so many uh, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know. I had a, had a good time writing it, and uh, let's take a listen. Spice World, the Haunted Spice Factory. <laughs> Tagline The girls aren't revolting Oh, That's actually pretty good Tagline 2 Your produce alone was worth the trip (laughs) Directed by Hanna-Barbera Ah yes Yay Oh it's animated Is it animated Scott? I'll leave that up to you to find out (laughs) Alright The spice van trundles along somewhere in some place I don't know. The point is, is they're in between gigs and traveling. It's getting dark out, and because of the dense forest canopy and fog and stuff, it's getting hard to see where to go. Their driver and tour manager, Cucks McGee, as played by Cucks McGee, doesn't want to say anything to the girls, but he thinks they're lost. Girls, I don't want to say anything, but I think we're lost. This hardly seems to phase the Spice Girls, who are sort of without direction or motivations. Baby Spice, as played by Fred Jones, states, (laughs) It doesn't matter where we go. Where we end up is what is important. Posh Spice, as played by Daphne Blake, chimes in. What matters is that I have access to an electrical outlet for my curling iron. Sporty Spice, as played by Velma Dinkley, fires back. Jinkies, with all the humidity in the swamp, you won't even need a curling iron. You've never met Daphne, says Baby Spice. Who? (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly, there's a loud grumbling noise. Ginger Spice, played by Shaggy Rogers, is holding her stomach, which is rumbling like crazy. try to lose the first million first. Now hang on a second, Posh, that's not right. Says Sporty Spice. You should have said maybe you should try to lose the first million pizzas before ordering one more million pizzas. Oh man, can we stop talking about pizza already? (laughs) There's a great clambering noise. Did somebody say pizza? Says Scary Spice, as played by... Mel B. <laughs> Seriously, who else was Mel B? Mel. <laughs> Suddenly, the spice van comes to a screeching halt. A menacing-looking man holding a lantern is standing in the middle of the road in front of a large metal gate. Cucks McGee speaks to him. Ahoy there. Would you mind uh, moving out of the road? I'm driving the Spice Girls around and stuff, and we're trying to make it to our next gig. Well, you've come down the wrong road. Nothing beyond here but an abandoned spice factory. Been shut down for years. For the better, I say. Some folks say it's haunted, but I consider myself among them. At the mention of a spice factory, the Spice Girls see this as a fate intervening moment, and using their massive material wealth, agree to purchase the spice factory from the menacing-looking man for a reasonable sum, which to them is not a problem. Using their brand new set of old rusty keys, they unlock the gate, the lock dropping to the ground and spooking Scary Spice, who hides behind Ginger Spice's legs. Once inside the gate, <laughs> once inside the gate shuts swiftly behind them and won't budge. This apparently is not a deal breaker, so they make their way into the spice factory. Once they get the lights turned on, they realize the place is a mess. No wonder they abandoned this place. It's a mess, says Baby Spice. Yeah, uh, yeah, but like, do you think there's any leftovers? Ginger replies to a moderate chuckle. (laughs) Suddenly, there's a scraping noise from the other room. Cucks McGee goes to investigate. The lights are off in this room, so he shines a flashlight on a man facing the wall, slumped into a set of lockers. The scraping noise is coming from a fireman's axe that he's using as a crutch. Do you need help, sir? Cox McGee approaches the unresponsive man for some reason. Sir, are you hurt? I represent the Spice Girls, and I'm also their driver. Cox McGee reaches out, again, for no ostensible reason, and grabs the unresponsive man by the shoulder, turning him around to reveal a very ghoulish figure. 
Nice girls, get out while you still can. The ghoul swings his axe and lands the blade square into Cucks McGee's chest, spraying oh. blood everywhere. Oh no, it's a dark <laughs> no. turn for Hanna-Barbera. Cucks. <laughs> The Spice Girls flee in panic and get split up in the process. Baby, Posh, and Sporty run into the spooky library, while Ginger and Scary run into the miscellaneous processing room involving large tubs of liquid spices. Ginger trips into one of the tubs and is sucked under like quicksand. Scary attempts to help, but the liquid spice is too viscous. The more Ginger struggles, the faster she gets pulled under. She takes one last exasperated gasp before succumbing to the spice. Spice up your life. No, Ginger, you were my best buddy. Did somebody say buddy? Suddenly, John Leguizamo does a swan dive from the rafters into the liquid spice and rescues Ginger Spice. Yes! (laughs) After mouth to mouth, Ginger starts to come round. John Leguizamo? That's my name, and saving Spice Girls from drowning in industrial vats of what's it is my game. Johnny Legs brushes sludge off his shoulder and takes a lick. Tastes like fucking sugar. (laughs) (laughs) Best Leguizamo yet. Johnny Legs. (laughs) A faint motor noise kicks on. What was that noise? It gets closer and closer. Also louder. Sounds like trouble. Suddenly, the ghoul drops through the windows and the roof above. This time, swinging a chainsaw wildly. Spice Girls, get out! Johnny Legs does a flying bee kick and whacks the ghoul in the head. The ghoul swings the chainsaw and grazes Johnny's arm, causing a surface-level wound. Let's scream, says Shaggy, and they all run off screen. You mean Ginger? (laughs) Meanwhile, in the spooky library, the aforementioned spices, Baby, Posh, and Sporty, which I would like to add loudly and for the record are not varieties of spice one can purchase from the store (laughs) but i digress (laughs) they start reading some dusty old book and by they i mean velma sporty spice (laughs) jinkies guys it says here that spice factory is haunted by a ghoul that returns every 20 something years wow sounds like our timing couldn't be worse but wait this book was printed last year Last year? What does that mean? It means this book is fake news. (gasps) Just then, Ginger Scary and Johnny Legs burst into the room. Where have you guys been? Is that John Leguizamo? (laughs) (laughs) John attempts to answer, but he can't be heard over the sound of nervous mumbling and teeth chattering. Then, predictably, the ghoul enters the spooky library, swinging the chainsaw. There, ghoul. That's no ghoul at all. But, like, he totally killed Cucks McGee. We can always get a new manager. <laughs> Baby Spice approaches the ghoul, who apparently does not cut her with the chainsaw and sort of lets Baby Spice put hands on its face to take the mask off and reveal Percocet. Molly Percocet. Percocet. Molly Percocet. Represent. Gotta represent. Oh, okay. (laughs) Revealing the menacing old man from before. The gang collectively gasps. It's that menacing old man from before. (laughs) That's right, it was me. I never legally sold you the property. That contract was a fraud. I was going to insist you all leave. And then when you didn't, I was going to kill you all and claim self-defense. I have it all on tape. (laughs) But why would anyone go to such lengths to screw over innocent property owners? John Leguizamo adds, Apparently you don't know much about the history of Latin America. Because I hate spices and I wish to rid the world of them. Everyone is always telling me to spice up my life. But what if I don't want to spice up my life? What if I like things to be bland? Take it easy, old man. F*** you. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, there's another mask. Baby pulls off another mask revealing... Red herring! Played by Neil Patrick Harris. Fred is like... Damn it, red herring, I knew it was you! (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, fine, you got me. It's me, Red Herring. I'll admit, I was always jealous of you guys out there exploring the world, whereas my world never truly left middle school. I stalked you all on social media for years before I finally snapped. And this time, I'll finish the job. Red Herring goes to pull the ripcord on the chainsaw, but is shot in the hand by John Leguizamo. <laughs> Not so fast, Red. John pulls out his badge. I'm Detective Jay Leggy with the House of Un-American Activities Committee. We've been looking for you for a long time. Oh, my God. Ever wonder why they call him Red Herring? Stammering with slight shock, Red puts his bloody hand up. Wait, just a second. I can explain. Red Herring reaches to his throat and pulls his mask off, revealing himself to be... Desmond Ports! Whoa! <laughs> yes, that's right. It's me, Desmond Ports. One of the three guys on this podcast. It's true that I am generally a fan of milder food. As such, I am not inclined to eat spicy food, despite the well-known medical assertion that spicy food makes your dick bigger. As far as the Spice Girls go, I am ambivalent to them since they are musical performers and not edible spices. Now I will return to my home planet. End transmission. And right, yeah, there we go. That was an episode of Scooby-Doo. Cool. Hamburger Johnny Legs. If it was rated R and also, you know, Johnny Legs was in it. He was. He, he was. He yeah. was prominently featured as, uh, you know, as they always do in a Scooby-Doo episode where they celebrity got a cameo. celebrity cameo. In the, in, the, in, the, yeah, in the vein of Sunny and Cher and the Cass Elliot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, she was in the one, uh, the episode that I modeled most of this off of, which is like the Haunted Candy Factory or something Did like that. Oh, if you watch that episode, like, you know, I, I pulled heavily from, from that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, as, as inspiration, not right. as it, not in a plagiaristic <laughs> kind of way. Ooh. Ooh. Hey, hey, hey! Um, this is all considered fine art under the eyes of the law. Yeah, fuck the law. Yeah. Fuck you too. <laughs> all right. Um. Well, this is our fir- very first best of. Um. When we finish up season two, uh, we'll do another one. Reflect back on that. Um. Guys, any final thoughts before we wrap this one up? No. <laughs> All right, well, uh, if you liked what you heard, um, subscribe, uh, prequel sequel remake.com slash subscribe. Pick your favorite podcast network. Um, to be honest, this is mostly um, for people who might have come on in the last couple weeks and missed out on some of the older gems that we like. Um, Go binge, just a little watch, extra. listen, all of them. Just yeah. a little extra thing. It doesn't take no time for us to just talk a little bit and uh, you know share some stuff with you guys. And if you, you, you like it, you like it, let us know because we can, we can do more of these. Yeah, we yeah. definitely can. It's fun to like answer emails and and, and uh, that wasn't part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, huge thanks to all our new listeners. Huge thanks to Anchor, our um, podcast host, for Woo! featuring us. Um, that was a huge surprise, and we've gotten a bunch of new listeners from that. So, like, thanks a bunch. All everybody. jokes aside, it really means the world. Yeah. thank you so much. No, it, it really, it really is. We We're, love you. Like, sending our love to you, whoever you are. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, Let's make with the name and the address. Yeah. Oh my. <laughs> All right, and the song from the end of the Space Jam episode. Go. Just roll around. You'll be all right. That's a good song. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. wow. Tatas. <laughs> Show me your boobs. That, that. Artie, Artie, you see your boobs? You see your tatas? <laughs>